Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. Uh, my name is Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about linebackers. Uh, I'm excited about this one. It's it's one of the more interesting groups on the team, and I was going to say like one of the best competitions on the team, but this is a team with a whole bunch of competitions. Um, you know, the quarterbacks, there's a bunch of guys who could win that job. Uh, the running backs, not all that many guys, but... It feels like you have at least three who are competing to, to get the most snaps. Um, with the wide receivers, obviously a massive competition there. The offensive line, who knows what to expect out of that group. Uh, tight ends for that number two spot. And there is just competition everywhere. And that was only on the offense. Linebacker is one of them. We're going to be running through the inside and outside linebackers today as we are, what? 15 days, 15 days away from the start of spring ball, which should be a lot of fun. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, yes, there is. Let's run through this. So also, there's an NIT game tonight, the Buffs versus St. Bonaventure. That's a 9 o'clock start, which means like the game ends at 11, and then you start doing media things at like 11.30, and then the interviews end at like midnight, and then there's a story to write, potentially two stories to write, and then a drive back from Boulder. So the point is, I'm not doing a podcast tonight to talk about the game. You guys are going to have to wait until tomorrow to hear my thoughts on it. Um, but also tomorrow is the Buffs Pro Day. So there's there's six CU Buffaloes who are going to be working out tomorrow ahead of the NFL draft. That's at 10.30 in the morning. And I am going to be going to that, of course. Actually, my first time going to a Pro Day. Because they're typically during uh, the the Pac-12 tournament. But this year, actually this year worked perfectly because it was the same time as the Mountain West tournament. So we could sync up those two trips and we get to go to the Pro Day. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Obviously, that means that there is way too much to talk about tomorrow. So we're actually going to do two podcasts tomorrow. First one's going to be talking basketball. The second one is going to be talking about football which brings our total to, that'll be four already this week. We'll need to have one after the women's game on Friday. Uh, so that, that means um, that we won't have a preview of the women's game in a separate podcast. Whichever one of those two tomorrow feels like there's less to talk about uh, we'll also be talking about the women's game on Friday. So that might be kind of complicated, but the point is we're talking about the linebackers right now. We're going to be talking about um, the the pro day, the basketball teams, 
all sorts of different stuff the rest of this week. It's going to be kind of packed, and I think that's it. And I guess before we actually dig into these linebackers, one more thing that we should probably talk about. Went to the went to the uh, Meet the Coaches event at Blake Street Tavern last night. I mentioned that on yesterday's pod that I was heading out there. It was a good time. It was a really good time. I had a chance to chat with a whole bunch of different people. Um, a whole bunch of different people. I don't even know where to start. I mean, everybody. Uh, I guess not Carl. I'd, so many people wanted to talk to Carl, and I was like, you know, I have my time with Carl. This doesn't feel like the time where I need to be shoving in front of these children who want him to, like, sign a football or something. Uh, but I did get to talk for a few minutes with Kyle Devan, with uh, Kyle Devan, who is the new offensive line coach, uh, Clay Patterson, who is the tight ends coach and passing game coordinator. Uh, I really like both those two guys. They're they're a lot of fun. Um uh, who else? Oh, uh, new offensive line coach, Mike Sanford. Uh, got to chat with him for a couple minutes. He's a smart guy too. They, this is a really good group of coaches and, and they have like, they have energy about them, which is fun, but you can also just tell like very smart. And that's, I don't want to say it's like a huge departure from the past, but I do think just in terms of like, who would I want on my team in like a trivia night? Or uh, if, we're, if we're doing like some some word problems or word puzzles or whatever, uh, I would take this year's staff over last year's staff, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, but also had to talk or got to talk with um, I, Chandler Durrell was up there. Spent a couple minutes with him. I'd actually never met him in person. Um, I see him like on Twitter and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's that's my relationship with half of these people. Is just like yeah, we like each other's tweets sometimes. Um, but spent a couple minutes with Chandler Durrell. Uh, who else? Um, oh, th- there were a bunch of football players there. After after the actual event, uh, Chris Fusilay, who owns the Blake Street Tavern, had all of his NIL guys set up there, 11 of them, and got to, got to chat with some of them. Um, had a lot of fun with the receivers. Uh, honestly, th- there's a lot of really good kids on this football team um just catching up with like montana i haven't seen him for like a month or so um catching up with i mean i haven't seen chase penry since like halfway through the season ty robinson just a little bit more recent recently than than that and i mean they're they're fired up you know you talk to them about phil mcgagan and (laughs) i don't think i'm ever gonna forget the the look on ty's face when i brought him up just wide eyes nodding his head like yeah this guy this guy is for real um, but but got to chat with those guys. Uh, met Tommy Brown, the new offensive lineman. Um, talk about coming from Bama over here. Um, he's gonna be a good football player. Uh, and the rest of the linemen. Um, I spent a, a lot of time with those linemen. I me I, I really like Casey Roddick. We actually have the same barber. Me and Casey do. I think out of that group, we're the only ones. There's a, a barber who actually got connected with him through Katie Nixon back in the day. Um, but yeah, Casey, you have that connection. You have um, the McChesney connection. And again, just a really smart group of kids and some really smart coaches. I again, like I, I, you can tell that they appreciate that. You can tell that they appreciate that. And it, it makes you really excited for this upcoming season. I, I think that, you know, that's that's why we're excited about spring ball, right? Because this is kind of like one of those situations where you get to turn the page. Like, now it's finally time to, for these guys to get out on the field and, and work out and do all those sorts of things. And 
this offseason stuff is over. You know, we talk about it in like the NBA or the NFL, NFL in particular. Like you look at it and say like, oh, these guys won the offseason. They're going to be much better. Look, they won the offseason. It's like these guys suck. They lost the offseason. But the truth is that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is who wins games and, and who doesn't. Now, it's it's easy to look at the Buffs offseason and say, yeah, you lose, you lose five, six, seven, eight starters, whatever it is. That's a step in the wrong direction. And in that piece of the puzzle, yes, a big step in the wrong direction. They lost a lot of players. Um, and, and Carl actually brought that up. But he did say, you know, a lot of teams lose a lot of players. And everybody thinks the, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, guess what? Our grass is green. It's like, oh, that was a that was a good little line. I like that one. Um, again, doesn't really matter what you say. Doesn't really matter all this off season. Like, we can analyze it. We can lean into it. We can whatever. But the bill comes due in football season. You get out on the field and you either win or you don't. And and that's when we can really evaluate what's going on. Um, but it it does feel like okay. All that stuff that happened a month or two ago. We still don't have to say, like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But it's over now. You've got the team you've got, and the Buffs hit the field in two weeks. Spring game, I think, April 20th or April 23rd or something like that. Um, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. And it's just nice to have football back, and all those guys are really excited. Um, and, again, it's a lot easier to get fired up right now. Um... Like I said, we're talking linebackers today. Who's who's going to to be starting? Who are the key reserves? Who are the guys you want to see like get an opportunity and kind of run with it and prove that they can hold those spots down for the foreseeable future? All that stuff is on the way. Real quick though, Breckenridge Brewery is my favorite place in the world. Um, here's another fun story. So I mentioned all of all of the things that are uh, going down in the next. I mean, basically like 24 hours, I guess from right now, like 36 hours, but we've got the NIT game tonight. We've got CU's pro day tomorrow. And then my girlfriend is a huge believer. So I'm going to be going to the Justin Bieber concert tomorrow night. And guess what? I'm going to need a Breckenridge beer before that one, or maybe like a couple. Not that I have anything against Justin Bieber, but I mean, I you, you guys know me. 25 year old male you know all those sorts of things so yeah a beer or two before we go see the beebs yeah that's gonna happen um breckenridge brewery that's where i'm gonna get my beers actually you can get them there at at ball arena they have the avalanche it's great stuff you can get them not just at ball arena but just about every bar at uh the like grocery stores, liquor stores, all that sort of stuff. They have them at Blake Street Tavern. I had one there last night. It's just uh, the, the Avalanche is a great beer, and that's true of all of the beers. So make sure that you're drinking from Breckenridge Brewery. It is the best stuff out there. You will not be disappointed. Also, um, want to talk about Athletic Greens. So Athletic Greens, the way it works is it's just this powder that you put in your drinks and it's incredible for you. You just put in like one scoop when you drink some water in the morning. First of all, it gets you to drink water in the morning, which is what you should be doing, but what I'm typically terrible at. And you just mix it around and it has all sorts of awesome benefits for you. Um, Like I said, it's a powder. It's basically a bunch of ground up stuff that 
has 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. Basically, like, if you take supplements for, you know, like, to be healthy, this is a much – sorry. If, if I'm coming kind of cutting in and out, I think I just sat in an open Starbucks cream cheese. I feel so dumb. That's why you don't get coffee. That's why you drink athletic greens. Um, it's better than having one of those, uh, like pills. Uh, sorry, this is, this is not going great. Um, I got the cream cheese off of me, but it helps your immune system. It, uh, it tastes good. It's, it's awesome. Like I've been on it for what, four weeks now, a month now, something like that. And like, it just gives you more energy. It's, it's, it's an awesome product. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. That's athleticgreens.com slash B-U-F-F-S. And uh, you could take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, the linebackers. Um, there was one more thing I thought of that I didn't say. It wasn't about the cream cheese. Boy, do I feel like an idiot. Um, luckily, I haven't taken a shower yet. I went to the gym, but I haven't taken a shower yet. So I, if I had tried to like get ready to go to Boulder before this, I would be pretty upset with myself. Um, well, maybe it's gone now after I sat in that cream cheese. There was one more thing I wanted to bring up about last night, uh, but... We can move along. Uh, the linebackers. Obviously, this is one of the groups that is going to look quite a bit different next year than it did last year. So, obviously, you lose Nate Landman. You lose Carson Wells. Um, but this is still a really experienced group. And when you're losing your key pieces, that's not what you expect. Um, a whole lot of seniors. Uh, inside linebacker, you've got Quinn Perry, You've got Robert Barnes, uh, outside linebacker. You've got Jamar Montgomery. You've got Guy Thomas. You've also got Chance Main, the transfer. So it's it's kind of a an interesting setup, you know, in terms of losing some key pieces. What you really want to have is some experience behind them and some young guys who have a chance to thrive when given the opportunity. And that's exactly how this sets up. Um, Let's run through these inside linebackers first, and then we'll touch on these outside linebackers. Uh, like I said, you have Robert Barnes and Quinn Perry. Those are your seniors. You also have Jack Lamb, who's a junior. From there, the sophomores, Marvin Ham, Isaac Hurtado, uh, and then freshmen, uh, you've got Aubrey Smith, who just came in. You've got Mr. Williams, who redshirt, redshirted last year. Um so, you know, there, there's there's a couple different ways to look at this. So, typically, Colorado plays in that 3-4 defense. That's their base. You're going to see four of these guys out on the field. Two inside linebackers, but four linebackers total. Um, when, when we talk about the inside linebackers who could be in that base defense, I think that, first of all, Quinn Perry is going to be out there. Um, he... He was kind of the the guy last year who took over Nate Landman's role. Um, there could be some questions about what happens in these sub packages, whether Quinn Perry comes off the field, whether he only plays these first couple downs. But 
regardless, this is where you really expect him to be on the field. And there's a chance, you know, that Mr. Williams breaks out. Aubrey Smith is ready to go early on, but I would be pretty surprised. So you have to pencil Quinn Perry into one of these spots. And the other one, I think, is really up in the air. You look at Robert Barnes and say, he's your sub-package guy. He's somebody that when it's third down and, and third and eight maybe, he's going to be out there because he can provide something in coverage. You have Jack Lamb, who I think you could see kind of in that mold. I think just because he is a little bit light, he's he's isn't so stout. I probably do see him more in that sub-package type of role. Um, maybe even playing in the slot sometimes. Uh, it... it I don't. I, I don't know. He's he's kind of tough to project. Um, first of all, because we didn't see him all that much last year. Um, but but he is kind of the X factor who I think could fit in anywhere. With Marvin Ham, I think he has that build to be a, a true inside linebacker. But it's the the pure foot speed that gets you excited about him, and it's a little bit better than Mr. Williams as well. Um, but. I think those two are kind of in that role. Um, Aubrey Smith, probably not somebody you worry about too much this year, probably more down the line. But if I had to take a stab at it, I'd say Quinn Perry and Robert Barnes are, are your two starters with Jack Lamb and Marvin Ham being the primary backups. I'm not sure in which order they are. Um, I'd honestly guess that Marvin Ham is ahead of Jack Lamb, but again, that's just a, a, a guess. Um, when it when it comes to the outside linebackers, this is this is a group that has so much depth, so much depth, and you you know you you start with Guy Thomas because he was an impact player last year before he got hurt. Um, he's going to hold down a starting job. He's one of these three seniors. He's going to be a really good football player, and I think he'd be my pick to be the Buffs' best linebacker, you know, inside or outside next season. He's going to take one of those jobs. The other one is going to be a battle. Uh, Jamar Montgomery, he's another senior. He's played well, um, and, and I honestly think that he's a guy who could kick it up to another gear, especially because, you know, linebackers, obviously, that that's a very physical position. And on top of that, it's a position where, especially for the outside linebackers, the technique is really important. Those are two things that get a lot better with each year that you're in school. You know, you, you expect Jamar to come into this season with a new pass rush move. You know, one more thing that's that's in his bag, one more thing that he can pull out uh, when it's time to get to the quarterback. On top of that, you expect him to be just a little bit stronger. This is where being a 22, 23-year-old can be really valuable. And so I think that I probably give him the edge there over Joshka Gustav. Although, again, it's it's been a couple of years of real hype from Joshka, and there's some numbers that back that up, particularly two years ago, the, the 2020 season, the pass rush rate, those sorts of things were really impressive. Also worth noting that he was on the field more in pass rush situations, so you kind of have to take some of that with a grain of salt. But he's also involved in that conversation. Um, Devin Grant, when he was on the field last year, he looked really good. Um not not every time, you know, the first couple appearances after Guy Thomas went down, nothing all that special, but down the stretch, he was making some plays. You know, see so, so Jamar and Guy, they're seniors. Um, Josh goes a sophomore. Devin Grant is going to be a redshirt freshman. That's a solid group. 
The crazy part to me is that Colorado went out and got Chance Main, the transfer from the Incarnate Word. Uh, he is a senior this year, which means that he isn't brought in to be, uh, you know, some down the line piece, some developmental piece to to plug in the gaps once or once uh, Jamar is gone, once uh, Guy Thomas is gone. Uh, he, he played six games last season, had four sacks, uh, four and a half tackles for loss. He's he's kind of an X factor. Now, obviously, the, the coaching staff really likes him. Um, and I guess we don't know for sure that he's an outside linebacker, but I, I think he's still going to be listed 6'4", 255. He probably fits into that role in this defense. And, and to be honest, he's probably more of like a rotational pass rusher at this point. Um, we still got to see what he can do out on the field, but this is a really deep group. You're just hoping, and the thing is, Guy Thomas, Guy Thomas has solidified himself as a good Pac-12 outside linebacker. He will be a good player for Colorado. Uh, can he be an all-Pac-12 player? That's a question for him. The question for everybody else is, can you get to the point where you're an above-average good Pac-12 player, somebody who... You know, you're out there, as often as not, you are going to be winning the matchup with the offensive tackle across from you. And, you know, can Jamar Montgomery be that guy? Yeah. He hasn't quite gotten to that point in the past. Josh Gustav, same thing. Devin Grant, same thing. And so while you do have this depth here, which is going to come in handy at some point because injuries are going to happen... Do you have that second piece who you look at and say, okay, these outside linebackers, they're setting the edge, they're getting to the quarterback because there's potential for this to be the best group on the defense. Um, there's there's some other talented spots, but outside linebacker, because of how many guys they have who have made plays in the past, it's a group you can get excited about. Throw Chance Main into the mix. Wow, right? And again, it doesn't really matter if all of these guys are like, yeah, you've got four solid players who can rotate in. One of them needs to break out. One of them needs to break out, and the bus will be in great shape. Um, so, so just kind of on a surface level, you look at the inside linebackers and say, Quinn Perry is your Nate Landman replacement. Um, now, he might come off the field on third downs. Um, Robert Barnes is probably going to be on the field, almost definitely going to be on the field on third downs. What else happens? You know, is is Jack Lamb in for Quinn Perry? Is Robert Barnes in there on, on first and second down? Can Marvin Ham work his way in the rotation? Can Mr. Williams surpass Marvin Ham, even though he's a, he's a year behind him, a freshman, whereas Ham is a, a sophomore? It's it, There's a lot more play there with the inside linebackers. And I guess you can kind of say some of the same things about outside linebacker. Um, but, you know, it's... Who can play the run game best on first and second down? And and who can rush the passer best on third downs? I think that Josh Gugustav, Devin Grant, those guys are more of your pass rushing type. Those guys are more of your pass rushing type. They're also a, a sophomore and a freshman. And are you really going to be giving those kind of high-priority snaps, those most desirable snaps to younger players and taking seniors off the field? I don't know. And because of that, you could see how they could kind of get cut out of this rotation if Jamar Montgomery is able to kind of solidify himself in front of those guys and I guess Chance Main needs to prove that as well although the fact that Colorado brought Chance Main in for just one year shows what they think of him right because you don't bring him in just to say ah you know 
you you go be our fourth outside linebacker because that's just a waste of a scholarship. If you're going to go do that, why not take a shot on a safety who could see the field, on another running back to compete, um, one more offensive lineman who could compete. Uh, so I do think that you see Chance main factor in. And again, Guy Thomas, kind of the, the, the stud in the group. And it's not, he only did it for about half a season. And so you do have that little asterisk right there. But given what we know about all these guys, Guy Thomas is the one that you look at and say, okay, he's our playmaker. He's one of these guys who can put the offense in bad situations, somebody who can go make plays on third down, uh, those sorts of things that can change a game. With a lot of this defense, you're kind of patching holes, right? Um, and, and we'll get back to the linebackers in a second, but you just look at how this defense is built. You know, Isaiah Lewis is going to be out there. He's not somebody you look at and say, Isaiah Lewis is probably going to go be winning us games this season. He's somebody who can do his job, but he's not that next-level type of performer that, you know, a Nate Landman was, a Carson Wells was. Um, also at safety, you know, you look at a Trevor Woods, um, a Tyron Taylor, you know, a couple guys who have done some really good things when they've been on the field, but also at this point in their career as sophomores, you say, yeah, go out there, do your job. And if you do that, then maybe the year after we're saying that's an impact player, you know, Mark Perry for, I mean, not to dig too deep in the guys who left, he's somebody you could look at and say he could be ready to take that leap. You know, he's second leading tackler on the team last year. Now it's time for him to just go be kind of that presence, you know, somebody that the offense has to think about. And that's kind of missing from the secondary. Um, Same thing with cornerback, right? Nigel Bethel. He was that third piece last year that really amplified how good these cornerbacks were. Because you had Nigel Bethel, there was, there was no way to get around Makai Blackman and Christian Gonzalez. You know, you, you, there was no weak link. There was nobody you say, okay, we could just go pick on this guy. It doesn't matter that they're locking up our number one with Christian Gonzalez. Um, now, he's, now Nigel Bethel is taking on number one receivers. Um, you know, can, can he become that impact player, somebody who can lock down that side of the field? For sure. Just need to see a little bit more out of him than four games where he was really solid as your number three corner. Um, you know, Nico Reed, Kalen Moore, they're going to get more opportunities as sophomores. But again, asking those guys to be all Pac-12 performers, you know, the, the, the key centerpieces of your defense, it's a big ask at this point in their career. So you just kind of run through and say, okay, we need playmakers. Guy Thomas is one of those guys. Robert Barnes has potential to be one of those guys. Uh, Quinn Perry. Quinn Perry, honestly, has the potential to be one of those guys, too. He grew a lot last season. Um, You know, it's in 2022, inside linebackers who are run-stuffers first, you don't get quite as excited about, but we've seen the impact of a Nate Landman. And if Quinn Perry can get close to that level, that would be a big step in the right direction. Um, You know, these outside linebackers, can Josh Gustav take that step? Can Devin Grant in his redshirt freshman season become a player like that? You know, again, probably not. And that's why he's probably the man who's left out of this group. He's probably the the first, first man in the outside linebacker group that isn't a part of the rotation. You know, behind it, Josh Gustav, Jamar, Guy, Chance. Next year, it's his show with Joshka and with Alvin Williams, who will both be juniors. So that's kind of what you're looking at here. Um, and that's also why this outside linebackers group is so important, because it's it's potential for you to have a strength on defense. And that's something that 
you need to have if you're going to be successful. And I mean, we might as well run through the defensive line real quick too. You know, Jalen saw me coming back. That's exciting. Uh, he could potentially have another year after this one. Niam Rodman could have, potentially have another year after this one. They're 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 both juniors. They're both good players. You know, Terrence Lang has one more year. He could be a, a big time impact player. Um, Jeremiah Doss, Justin Jackson, Janaz Jordan. You've seen flashes. They're all seniors. Can somebody take over and really assert themselves? Um, just real quick, and this is not what we're doing today, but if you were to rank these position groups, you'd probably go outside linebacker, defensive line, inside linebacker, cornerback safety. Um, and again, I like the cornerbacks. I think Nico Reed, Kalen Moore, really good players. Nigel Bethel, good player. Young, though, unproven, and they're all going to be put into big roles against a lot of pass-heavy offenses. You know, they're going to be going up against NFL quarterbacks and against NFL wide receivers. Uh, actually, at some point, we need to look through the rest of the Pac-12 and, and rank these quarterbacks and who can go to the next level and stuff. But that's more of a after-spring ball type of topic. Um, so... There you go. Um, let's dig into some of these numbers real quick, and then we'll move along. So starting with uh, some outside linebacker stuff. Um, th- these come from Pro Football Focus, by the way. We're going to start with uh, with win percentage in, in the pass rush. So how often were you beating the guy who's trying to block you? How often are you, how often are you winning? Um, I think... You know, you start with Jamar Montgomery, who had nine pressures, was successful or won on 19.5% of his pass rushing snaps. Um, Josh goes right behind him at 18.3, seven total pressures. So again, if you have seven pressures, you're probably, it's a solid sample size for these guys. Um, Carson Wells was at 14%. Again, he's getting more attention, so it's important to note that. Guy Thomas, 12%. But again, more more attention defensively. You've got Devin Grant with that 6.3. And I couldn't dig in and figure out like game by game what it was, but I would guess that that 6.3 is being anchored a little bit by uh, his, his work at the uh, beginning of the season. Um, and, and then you get down to, uh, where is it? Oh, there you go. Alvin Williams didn't, didn't have a win. Um, but, but I mean, those are the guys we're really talking about here, right? So what, what stands out, Jamar and Joshka up there toward the top. And when you think about how these guys are used, when do you want them on the field? There's a, there's a good start. I'm just talking about total pressures. Um, For reference, Mustafa Johnson and Carson Wells, they tied for the most hurries on the team with 16. Terrence Lang was behind him with 12. And then you have three guys at eight. Jamar Montgomery, Jalen Sami, Naeem Rodman. Again, this this doesn't factor in how, how many opportunities they had. So, I mean, eight hurries in 80 pass rushing snaps for Jamar, so one in 10. Um, Six in 77 for Joshka. Uh, six in 93 for Guy. Uh, and oh, we already hit Carson. We wanted to hit, uh, oh, yeah, Devin Grant. They gave him two hurries in uh, in these stats. So, again, you're seeing about what you'd expect. Um, let's see, what else do we want to hit on? 
these tackle for loss stats and, and to talk about tackle for loss we're actually let's let's call it stop percentage this is the best way to to kind of put things into context so your stop percentage again pro football focus it's percentage of a player's run defense snaps where he was responsible for a stop um, so again this these could be stops that happen 15 yards downfield these could be stops that happen three yards into the backfield and so there's again all these stats are flawed in some way but you got to know what the flaws are in terms of people who are just out there ending run plays mr williams wasn't out there all that much, about 10 snaps. He made the stop on 28.6% of them. For context, uh, Nate was at 19.6. Um, Devin Grant came in at 6th with an 11% stop rate uh, with 74 run defense snaps. So that's a, a solid sample size. You know, John Van Dees was in front with 9 of those snaps. Ray Robinson was 6, but those aren't. Those don't really count. Um, again, Devin Grant at 11. You've got Quinn Perry at 8 with a huge sample size. You've got Robert Barnes at, I mean, it's actually 7.9 for Quinn, 7.8 for Robert Barnes, about the same. Um, and uh, Guy Thomas with a 7.1. Jamar down there, 51 of those snaps, didn't wind up with a run stop. So again, you, you, you see these things. Josh Gugustav, 2%. You see where Jamar Montgomery, Josh Gugustav, those are probably your pass rushers. Those are probably your pass rushers. Whereas Devin Grant um, and, uh, sorry, Guy Thomas, those are kind of your run stoppers. So you can see how those two could take the first two downs, then you throw in the other two on third downs. You've got Chance Main, who's kind of the X factor, who could really steal snaps from either side depending on where they find his strength is. I think it's probably pass rushing, but you just have to kind of see. Um, so, so there's kind of the outlook for that group. That's what you're looking at. Um, I guess we can we can, we can can throw this one more stat in there. Um, and this is the average depth of tackle. So this is when you make a tackle, how far downfield are you? Um, you know, we mentioned Quinn Perry, second on the team in tackles last year. Hugh also had an 11.3 yard depth of tackle, which was the worst on the team. But again, he's playing safety, so that's what you expect. You don't expect him making a lot of plays in the backfield. Um, but there's your context. Jamar Montgomery, 8.3. That's that's not not the number you're looking for. Uh, we can throw Marvin Ham in at a 6.9. Uh, we can throw. Guy Thomason at a 5.2, uh, Devin Grant 4.4, uh, Carson Wells for context 3.4, uh, Joshka 3.3, Quinn Perry 3, Jack Lamb 3, um, Nate 2.7, Mr. Williams 2.5, Robert Barnes 2.1, uh, Alvin Williams minus 1. So again, we're Seeing the same thing, right? That Jamar's making his tackles downfield a little bit. Actually, is Joshka not in here? Oh, sorry. There's Joshka, 3.3. So actually pretty solid. Um, just in front of Devin Grant. Uh, just in front of Carson. So, again, Joshka. Stats, stats are helping him out a bit. Stats are helping him out a bit. Um, I wanted to see... Yeah, so Quinn Perry at the 3. You have uh, Marvin Ham at 6.9. You've got where where did he go? 
Robert Barnes 2.1. There it is. So again, if you're just looking at the numbers, it would make sense to say Robert Barnes, Jack Lamb, Quinn Perry. Those are the guys who really should be on the field for most of your snaps. Um, although the coverage stats, and that's where we're going to go um, with with these inside linebackers, just because I don't really... I guess we might as well touch on both. Why not touch on both? And we're going to start with... Uh, what do they call it? Snaps per or coverage snaps per reception. Coverage snaps per reception. So if you're in coverage, how often are you targeted? This is obviously one where you want the number to be high because if you're in coverage a lot and not being thrown at very much, it's typically because the receiver isn't very open. And first of all, interestingly, best on the team, Kalen Moore. 30 coverage snaps, 37.5 snaps per reception. We'll get back to that when we talk about the cornerbacks. So when we talk about Makai Blackman being gone and like, yeah, it sucks. This is why it's easy to be excited about the the, the corners who are next up. Um, getting back to the linebackers, though, because that's what matters. First of all, Devin Grant, 24. Second best on the team last year. Also, uh, Nate Landman, they're at 23 and a half. These are good peripheral snaps, stats for Nate pretty much across the board. Not that that's a surprise, but I mean, maybe more so at the coverage. Um from there, though, you see the numbers uh, aren't so good. But right when we're talking about Devin Grant, he, he is this little bit of hybrid, not so much of a pass rusher, dropping back a little bit. It, there's a lot to like about what he does. Um, next best, though, on the team, Jack Lamb with the 12, John Van Deest with 12, Marvin Ham 11.4 snaps per reception. Um Robert Barnes, 7.9. Quinn Perry, 7.2. Guy Thomas, 4.3. Josh Gustav, 4.2. Jamar Montgomery, worst of anybody who had enough snaps for this to, to count for them um, at the 3.7. So again, Josh and Jamar, those are your pass rushers. Guy not that great in coverage either. But, you know, a Devin Grant, he can drop back. And with those inside linebackers, um, you, you look at Jack Lamb, Marvin Ham, not much separation. I mean, really not much separation between them and Robert Barnes in this one either. But when you go to NFL passer rating allowed, so this is when you get thrown at, how are the results? You know, if you get thrown at, what happens? Uh, worse on the team is Devin Grant. He gives up a perfect passer, rated, passer rating when targeted. Um, oh, I guess they only have him count as targeted once last year. So get, how many snaps do they even have? 24 coverage snaps. Um, he was targeted once in those, so that's good. It was a catch for 13 yards, and it was a touchdown. So small sample size, but you still say, like, only targeted once in 24 snaps. Uh, Marvin Ham, again, same thing, uh, pretty small sample size, but he was thrown at eight times. Seven of them were catches. With these young linebackers, though, young, young defenders in general, the toughest part is making a play on the ball. The toughest part is making the play on the ball. Um, and, and sometimes that's just a f switch that needs to flip, right? You get used to that, and it's like, okay, I'm right here. Now I can get the ball away. We saw that with Christian Gonzalez at one point. Um, so, but there's young guys you don't worry about too much. You know, Quinn Perry, next worst in that pass rating stat, targeted 30 times, gave up 25 catches. And again, this is why you say Quinn Perry can play the first two downs. Do you really want him on, out there on third down? Or do you look at guys like... Uh, you know, Jack Lamb, who's actually the best linebacker, 83 uh, passer rating allowed. 
Robert Barnes, 87. Again, gives up 28 catches on 36 targets, but it's under 10 yards per reception, which is rare for all of these guys. Average depth of target. There's a better way to put it. Those 28 catches on 36 targets, those are 3.4 yards downfield. So again, you don't... What do you want him to do there? Do you want him really pressed up to the line of scrimmage? Like, that just doesn't happen. That's one of the lowest numbers on the team. Whereas uh, Marvin Ham, 7.9 yards downfield. You know, so he's getting targeted, and he's a ways downfield. And we're, we're really getting heavy into the stats here, so this might not be all that fun to listen to. Um, but I do think that it is important to use this context. But again, though, you, you look at these coverage stats and say, Devin Grant, solid in coverage from the outside linebacker spot or outside linebacker spot. Those other outside linebackers not so much. So how do you how do you use him in that role? Um, there's there's plenty of I mean, plenty of options. You know, in that 3 3 4 defense where you have those two outside linebackers on the line of scrimmage, typically rush four of them, four of those five guys on the defensive line. Devin Grant's the easy answer to drop back in coverage. And that's what we saw last year, and the stats back that up. Um, he's also good playing the run. He can set the edge. The Buffs might have something there. Um, I still think you know he just doesn't have the experience. We'll, we'll see how that plays into this whole thing. Again, I mean, would you be all that surprised if somebody transferred? I, there's, there's room for you to go deep at outside linebacker, um, especially because injuries happen, but also because you say, okay, Devin Grant, maybe there's early downs, a way to get you on the field with Guy Thomas. We'll play the run game well. We'll, we'll drop you, Devin, back in coverage a little bit. And then we'll also have pass rushers in Jamar, in uh, sorry, Joshka, who can sub in on third downs. Chance Main is kind of see what he provides. See what he provides. Um, and again, with these stats, they, they back up that Jack Lamb, solid in coverage. Um He's he gives up five catches on seven targets. Again, though, that's 1.7 average depth of target. There's a lot of those that are behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so again, when, just just big picture to wrap all this up. When you look at these two groups, you look at Quinn Perry and say, "Yeah, you're on the field first two downs. You need that big time tackler. Can we justify having you on the field on third downs?" It depends on whether you actually have plus players who can play those third downs. Um, do you have a Robert Barnes, Jack Lamb, who you just want in coverage? And I think that those are probably the two who you have sub in. Um, on these early downs, is it Robert Barnes next to Quinn Perry? That'd be my bet. And I would guess that Marvin Ham, Mr. Williams, those are guys you probably see more in the 2023 season. Although, who knows? That's why that's why we set this stage because if you start hearing, wow, Marvin Ham just had a pick today. Ooh, this is back-to-back days with Marvin Ham having a pick. And guess what? He's getting in the backfield too. That's when you get excited and say, hey, maybe he can take some of these reps away from, from these older players. Um, but as it stands now, that three-man rotation of Quinn Perry, Robert Barnes, Jack Lamb probably feels like the way to go um, with, honestly, Robert Barnes just out there playing Quinn Perry and Jack Lamb rotating situationally. Outside linebacker, um, Guy Thomas is going to be out there. I I think that while the stats don't love him as a a, a third down player, as a pass rusher, we saw what we saw, right? And and also for a guy like him, 
this could be where he adds just one more pass rush move, you know, just gets better at that rip move, gets gets better at a swim move, something like that. And all of a sudden, you see him kind of break through because he's a very explosive player. That wouldn't be the biggest surprise. Still, though, Josh goes a pass rusher. You love that. Jamar is a pass rusher. Yeah, you really like that, too. Um, Devin Grant, can he crack this rotation? Honestly, maybe. Honestly, maybe. Um, and then what does Chad, Chance Main bring? Uh, you've also got Alvin Williams, who actually hasn't used his redshirt year, so that's worth noting. Could he decide to use that, come back as a redshirt sophomore in 2023 with uh, with Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas gone? That might make some sense. Um, and then you also have the freshmen, Owen Carey, Shaquan Bowser, Caden Ludwig, but Again, you don't really expect them to factor in. Uh, I think that that does it. Those are the linebackers. That's what we expect from those guys. And we'll see uh, We'll see what we get. It's going to be fun to hear about them. I think that these are two of the groups with the most upside. You know, if Quinn Perry really is the tackler that, that he seemed to be at points last season, obviously that would be hugely valuable for this CU team. Um, if that's the case, then can Robert Barnes, I mean, we thought he was going to be a star last year. Maybe this is when it finally happens. Jack Lamb, he was a big time recruit. Sometimes it takes a couple years to come back from those injuries. Now he's experienced. Now he's a junior. Could, could he, could he be somebody who could break through? Definitely. Um, it's going to be fun stuff. It's going to be fun stuff, but, but that's, that's what's on the roster for the buffs. That's what to expect. And we'll we'll see in a couple weeks what everybody has to say about how these practices are going. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow talking about the NIT game against St. Bonaventure tonight. Also talking about the Pro Day, which is tomorrow morning. And that should be a good time. We'll also get some women's basketball talk in before their game Friday. I think at 1130 on ESPN News. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's it for today. I'll see you soon. Ah. <sighs> Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.